Ooh, a little Nirvana, a little Seattle Nirvana vibe for the Seattle Bookman. I'm back with the Bookman, Riley Brown, ingenious character. And uh, really interesting conversation today. Started out with just a little business update. Kind of fun to go into the mind of an entrepreneur, uh, walk through things in real time. It's really cool to just kind of hear him weigh options, you know, shoot the shit a little bit about that stuff. And then uh, it gets into a little deeper conversation, like it always does with bold perceptions. Um, talk nine to five. We talk entrepreneurship. We talk pros, cons. Certain people need different things. The future of the economy, sustainability themes. We even talk about China's social credit score at the very end. It's, it's interesting, but this one is uh, it's a real treat, I'll be honest. So listen up to the bookman. Bookman, bookman. Yeah, that's me. Bold Perceptions is back. Enjoy. Connect the doers. We got some connections that had happened recently. Uh, one, we had Matilda on. She's a, a track track girl at Oregon from uh, Switzerland. And we had Kenzie Shell on about a year ago. She was a pole vaulting at Oklahoma, and she's trying to make it to the Olympics. She heard the episode with Matilda, and she reached out to her. So that was exciting. I'm hoping they can um, mix and match with their own connections and both get to the, the level they want to get to, which is the Olympics. Two athletic girls talking with each other. Fun stuff. Another one is uh, Kevlo, who we had on the Power of Positivity, kind of a club promoter, uh, musician, has his own podcast. And Brahim, who co-hosts every once in a while, but he's down in Tampa making a lot of good music, finally consistently pushing it out. And those two are connecting. Uh, Keem's going to go on his podcast, which is really good. It's uh, Kev's perspective. Yeah, I think both of those two talk really well, so that'll be a super interesting episode. They both have... Uh great knowledge about like the music industry and all that stuff and then also just like uh, analyzing life they're both very interesting and introspective i think that episode will be very interesting because kevlo is good at what he does with the podcasting and then heem heem goes off the rails and does a bunch of crazy stuff and they'll get they'll get interesting content for sure i love kevlo kevlo's energy it like took me by surprise i think during the episode george said it kevlo got done going off and george was like i'm ready to run through a fucking wall right now kevlo <laughs> but yeah so that'll be a fun episode and what i'm hoping too is heem gets in some damn shows in, in minnesota comes back up here that's where i met him um with kevlo because kevlo does shows kevlo's starting to do shows all over though right Kevlo was doing some crazy stuff. I know he was, last time we talked to him, he was talking to Riff Raff and uh, some other rappers about doing merchandising. I, just, I know that kid is going to be very successful, and him too. He just, they both have a good head on their shoulders. They're both smart too, so it'll be fun. Yeah, something about Kevlo, I want to bet on him. It just seems right? like he's going to. Yes, dude, his energy is infectious. But, anyways, that's our connection for uh, the week. Our connections, we had two, but hey, we're not just also, trying to. Shout out Cali for getting our uh, Mexican Mexico tickets to Playa del Carmen. Got them from cheap. She works for Sun Country. Thank you, Cali. We had her on about a year ago. She was human resources in um, a health company and then made the switch to working for um, Sun Country Airlines because she loves traveling. That was her dream. So she's doing really well, and we appreciate you getting us quite the deal on those tickets. She's actually going to come with us, too, for a little bit. Exciting, exciting. But, yeah, thank you. Super appreciative. But hey, we're not just trying to connect people who have been on the podcast or us. We want you, the listeners, to get involved too. Um, look at who we've had on, so you, who you want to get in contact with. Either message us, message them. We're trying to make a community, help one another out. You never know. You might meet your best friend, someone that changes your life in business, or you know someone to just have a good time with. So 
connect the doers. Agreed. There's a lot of interesting, talented people that have been in this. So Our network's getting big. Yeah. There's a lot of, like I said, very interesting and talented people. I know a lot. Bing, bang, boom. Bold Perceptions is back. We got the Seattle Bookman back in action, the notorious B-double-O-K. He's in here. Riley, what's going on? What's up, dude? I'm happy to be back. Really happy to be back. Love it. Well, it only took you like a month, so you must like us. Yeah, dude. I think, I think what you got going on here is, is pretty dope. I'm no, into I, it. I'm, I'm secretly taking notes, preparing for my own podcast. Well, okay, so we were talking beforehand, and it sounds like you're expanding to some other products you're going to start picking up, but I was going to ask you, have you thought of doing a pod or a YouTube channel or some other outlets to uh, get the good word out? Yeah, um, so, yeah, that's tough. I, I don't really know what I want to center it around. Um, I have some ideas for, uh, like, because I just moved into a new house in Seattle with three of my friends, so one of my buddies from high school and then two girls from my college and we were we were actually thinking about starting a podcast that's centered around um like like it'll be like an entertaining podcast but it'll also be it'll include all the books that i pick up and uh and yeah i'm still working out those ideas so uh, that's interesting that's interesting because um josh parks ghost fit owner he was supposed to mm -hmm. be on this pod had some technical difficulties but we'll be back us three in the future but what I was going to say, me and him, we're uh, kind of floating some ideas around starting a pod for his business. And we wanted it to be kind of like a crossover between humor, entertainment, and then lifestyle fitness stuff, because that's what his apparel is geared around. Uh, you're hearing the plane over me right now. It's actually dropping off books. It's an airdrop. <laughs> but I think it's a funny idea to like, you could put a spin on that, like you're saying, like like the funniness or uh, the uh, the challenges of living co-ed, like a dorm room, modern day. Yeah. And you could see um, some stuff in there. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, I'll tell you the whole fleshed out idea. Um, I think that'll be interesting. So I have a ton of books, like more books than any other human. <laughs> um, and uh, we want, we got this bar. So my grandma just passed away and she gave us this like old vintage looking bar. It's sweet. And it like lights up and it, we have it in like our main living area um and like you can fit tons of alcohol on it and we want to create a podcast called books behind the bar and where we like where we basically combine the fact like because i think a lot of people in our generation want to like learn like they, they genuinely want to learn but it always comes at the expense of like hanging out with your friends like we want to hang out and have fun but we also want to learn and so we want to make a podcast that kind of like combines them and where we learn random things and we turn it into like a video podcast slash vlog show thing. And that's kind of where we are in our idea stage. But I think it could be a good idea. What do you think? No, I like that. Cause okay. obviously the whole side of the other side of your business, you know, the books, it provides value to your customers. Cause obviously books teach you a lot of things. You're right. And if you got like a live shot through a vlog, of like would it be kind of like a book club like a virtual book club almost like that but like um where it's like edited videos it's not like a podcast it's more like a, a video show that's kind of set up like a podcast where like 
where let's say we randomly read a book on like I have this book called it's called the pie and pastry bible and it's the most sold book on pies and pastries it has like 700 different pastries and where like we would have like a competition essentially like who would um like and we'd make pies against each other so we take what we learn and then we actually apply it for entertainment and um yeah I think that could be interesting and where they're just like quick 10 minute episodes and we could even just run it on like our main platform can just be like Instagram TV or whatever it is. Um, and like YouTube. And so I think that would be really fun. No, I really like that. Cause obviously you can learn a lot of things in books and you can learn a lot of things. You can read a lot of shit that like motivates you or whatever, mm -hmm. but the biggest barrier to people applying it to their own life is actually taking action and applying those things and like real right. life scenarios. Right. So you'd be capturing yourself getting over that main hump that a lot of people struggle with. So I think, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the application part, but the actual, like taking the time to learn something like a lot of times, like you can either learn something in a book or you can go to the bar with your friends. It, there, there's opportunity costs in both ways. So I've like my initial reactions, like, okay, let's combine them. I, and I think it would, I think a lot of people would relate to that idea. And we'd talk about that, how it's always a trade-off between learning and getting better and like self-improvement in quotes versus hanging out with your friends, having a good time. And I think the best, the best way we could, in our own lives personally would be to just combine those two things the best we can. Oh, I really like that. Cause that, yeah. cause people also talk about when you have a product or you sell a service or whatever, you want to be able to evoke emotions in your customers and connect on that emotional level. And I feel like this would do that. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, my, my service has gone viral in Seattle, like within the community I want it to go viral in. And I'm not out here trying to create advertisements for my business. I want to create a show that's fun to make and see what happens. Like, that's it. I have no other motive other than, and obviously if it becomes popular, I can promote books. But I was thinking every time we include a book in the podcast, I'll give it away for free. Um, just as like a thanks for watching it. Um, you feel me? Dude, you're onto something. Okay. Dope. No, definitely. And obviously like you said you've you've gone viral like people know about your business awareness is always like the first step to having and selling products right right and i feel like engagement is the next step in the hopscotch ladder on the way to a billion dollars in sales <laughs> yeah and <laughs> you're hopping along yeah I'm, I'm doing my best i'm doing my best sometimes it's on one foot sometimes sometimes i just read instead but um we're, uh, we're trying to move along. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely need, I, I definitely need more content to engage rather than just like, I'm just telling them about the service and then they use it and then that's kind of it. And I, I want more of a, an experience for the people who use my service. I want to te like tell them more about where the books are going. And so that might be a separate, just Seattle Bookman podcast, kind of just notes to my customers. Dude, that's sweet. Cause yeah. yeah, no, you're definitely involving the customer base and all that good stuff. That's, that's really cool. And uh, so something we've thought about um, as our podcast goes bold, um, we want to get a newsletter going that involves the community and, you know, has uh, updates as to new podcast episodes 
And then something just as simple as like what we're reading this week, a quote we saw this week, that's cool. Uh, what we're watching, what we're, what our goals are, whatever. Have you guys thought of a newsletter or is this kind of an extended version of a newsletter or what, what's next? Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking a newsletter for sure. Like, I don't know shit about MailChimp and like, and like creating like an email list, but given my demographic, even though it seems old news, like newsletters or like email, um, email newsletters seem kind of outdated. I looked it up and I think for my, audience which is like 50 year olds and above an email list would be very effective and it would keep them engaged and then i in the email you can always include like a youtube link or and so like you can just make videos on youtube and then always just like thank them over video on the the emails and i think i definitely think a newsletter is a way to go no matter what your business is i think it's a good way to organize your thoughts as well and so here's another thing to float out, another idea. So I had a, uh, one of my buddies is a realtor and his realtor team is trying to think of ways to kind of include everybody in a community sense. And he was thinking he gets a certain profession on weekly on a Zoom call. Uh, and the people that would be tuning into the Zoom call would be like his clientele and his customer base. Mm-hmm. And that this profession would come on and the clientele can ask questions. So for example, he wanted to get a nutritionist on. Uh, the nutritionist comes on, all of the people he's sold or is trying to sell a house to join, and then they can ask questions about nutrition, which then in turn would you know, make them feel more connected make them feel like they're getting more value out of it, uh, aside from right. just, you know, listing a house. That, uh, is, did that work for him? He or is that working for him? So he texted me about it yesterday. Okay. Uh, and he just wanted to hear my take, like any ideas. So I guess I'm extending yeah. my brain to your brain here. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, to me, I, I'm always on it. Uh, to me, it seems a little scattered. Like it seems like unfocused. Cause like, why, um, so you're saying that his audience would tune in to their realtors video channel to hear about a nutrition nutritionist. Um, yeah. To me, it, like why? Like that to me, I don't buy, I don't buy, I don't think it would work to be honest. So how would you fix it? How would you, how would you, um, for me, it's just like, you, I don't know. And maybe it will. And I hope it does because I want everyone to succeed. But, um, for, to me, it's just like lot, like to me, it doesn't logically make sense. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that focused. You know what I mean? Like, or, or like, I don't know, maybe it would. Um, I don't know well, what works and what doesn't. So like what I was thinking, maybe you like target it more to like actual household care and yeah, th- see, that's what I'm thinking. So in your instant, like, so for him, like maybe you'd want to get like a contractor on, I mean, I don't know how glamorous and sexy that is to bring in like a roofing specialist per se. Right? Yeah. But like flipping it over to your side, if you were to do that, what would you, who would you bring on if you were to do like a Zoom call to right. bring your community together? Like, well, how would you form that? Yeah. So if it was a Zoom call, um, for me, I think it would be a lot more natural because I could bring on authors because I have all these books I've been picking in my, the, the P I, these aren't my customers 
per se. Like these are the people that just use my service and my service is free. So I guess they are my customers, but, um, but they know me and I, I make an effort to try and meet as many people as I can. And so they're like, okay, this kid's picking up a bunch of my books. Um, and we actually have like, we have cool conversations. And I think, I think it could work if I were to bring on authors. It's just hard to, when you're starting out to actually get authors to come on your show. Um, I don't know. I haven't really wrestled with that idea for like Zoom calls because that's tough if there's a limited audience. Um, what is the, ad like, the advantage of doing a Zoom call over just a general YouTube video that you send your audience, I guess, would be my question. I guess it would be, well, for the community aspect, like you'd have live questions coming in. And he's thinking about turning it into, if you ask a question, then you get entered into like a giveaway to Got it. more uh, of their company's merchandise out there. Right. Which makes sense. But like, you're yeah. right. Why not just like optimize it and have it just sent out where it's on their own time. Right. Right. I guess, and you get the exclusivity of it, like only potential customers are allowed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, this is a new space for me. Marketing is not my cup of tea. I need to, I think I need to hire out to get, or at least get someone full-time to like help me with marketing because I'm not good at it. Well, and so that kind of goes into the theme of the last podcast because you were always talking about how you treat business or not how you treat it, but just how it is in your mind. Like business is a video game and there's always an, another way to level yeah. up and there's always new layers to peel back. Yeah. You said before this, uh, this podcast started, you're starting to look into picking up other things other than books. So that's yeah. how you play it. And then you're starting to think about marketing, it sounds like. So this is like a live yeah. inside a business owner's mind. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess so. Yeah. And another one of those things is like, no one wants to play a video game and stay on the same level. Right. I mean, that would get really boring. And I just don't think from what I've read, not from experience, cause I don't have, I have hardly any experience. Um, but it just seems like businesses die down, die when you just try and remain the same. You know what I mean? Like you can't really remain the same. It's like the growth mindset versus fixed mindset where like, you can never really just stay where you are. You're either growing or you're dying. And I feel like with business, you have to do that. And so right now I'm at the point where I need to start figuring out how to grow, bring on a bigger team, um, actually execute on bigger objectives rather than pick up X amount of books per month um, or sell a X amount of books per month. I need to start building a team so that we can expand our reach, buy another truck, eventually start and then what you were talking about earlier, I am planning on starting a junk pickup company in Seattle. Um, and um, there's just a lot of things to figure out there um, and actually plan it and have people who are ready to work um, and ready to go out to people's houses and pick up their junk like five days a week. And so there's a lot to think about. So would your competitors here be like the standard waste management guys? Like, could you hire, could you, could you be just poaching the waste management guys away from them? Give them a bet. You know, you give them, you give them the YouTube cameo. They get on your pod. You can offer more than the waste management empire, Riley. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Like, what do you mean? The waste management? Like, um, well, so, you're so if you got into like junk pickup, like you said, yeah, you'd be competing for, you know, junk. In this right. Industry. Yes. So like, like my main competitors would be like, 
the biggest is I think it's junk pros is the biggest um, junk hauling company. And then one that's growing is college hunks hauling junk. Have you seen that around your area? I have not, but that's, that's good marketing right there. Right. No, it is good marketing. And they give off the illusion that it's like college kids starting this business. Um, but like that was them 10 years ago. And now they're like a worldwide chain that kind of gives off the illusion of that. Yeah. So I think that's really smart on their part and they just hire college kids. Um, but uh, yeah, those would be my main competitors. But I think, um, I don't know, I have some marketing ideas where we could really break into that space. And then if we, if we, if we, if we get a, an efficient enough warehouse and a large enough warehouse, I think we can start selling these items left and right on tons of different local marketplaces, eBay, et cetera. That's a very good idea. And so how did you, what, what was your brain, you know, thought process that, that got you to this point where you're thinking, wow, maybe we should branch out beyond books and just go into general garbage for recycling purposes. Yeah. Um, and again, like I'll try to avoid doing as many like garbage hauls, but I mean, I'll do them because when you do junk pickup company, you basically have to pay to, um, you have to pay to dump them and then you charge them for the dump fees plus a premium. Um, so you're always making money, but the way we could, um, we could even offer slightly lower prices because we're selling a lot of the items. Um, and the reason I got to that idea is I'm just thinking I'm not making any money doing pickups selling books because I'm picking them up for free. Like it would be nice to have revenue coming in from actually like making money doing the pickups. And then also I would be getting books in those halls as well. So my book process, if anything would take a massive increase because I'll probably hire someone full time to do book pickups as well. So basically in an unorganized way, I'm trying to say that uh, you can make more money by expanding into other products for sure. And so would you why. have to, would you have to rebrand and rename? Cause like you, you are the book man. That is, I know, that's your I know opinion. that that's the interesting thing. Um, and that's why I'm looking for partners to go in on it. And so it would just be like a separate entity. And then like Seattle Bookman would just be a partner within that entity. And, uh, and yeah. Um, and and then the the new thing would not just, I wouldn't be Seattle junk man. I would actually create a company and normal business out of it. Um, but I'm looking for someone like extremely motivated, someone who's ready to quit their job, who's really smart to do that with me. Um, but uh, we'll see. Saying you want me to move out to Seattle and quit my job, is this what you're getting at? <laughs> Dude, if you're ready, you can be John Schneider. Oh my God. Okay. And so now we're building a Super Bowl contender. Like uh, yeah. you, you're Russ Wilson. You want me to be DK Metcalf. You want me, you want me to come in and provide instant value. Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, aren't you six, six? Yeah. Six, eight, two forty. Six, six, eight, two forty. Yeah. You run a four, three. I think we could start a good squad down here. Well, bring your friend, got, bring your friend, Alec. I was going to say Alec is, uh, you know, the Tyler Lockett build. He's a <laughs> yeah. wiry, strong guy, you know? Yeah. Robot. Robot. Yeah. Robot Al. But no, that's interesting. That's uh, that's weird. Cause I bet a few months ago you were so dead set on books and just like, weren't even thinking about expanding to other products. <laughs> yeah. A few months ago, I was, I wasn't thinking about anything other than books for sure. Like I, I wasn't thinking about anything at all. Like I would literally like wake up and I would just schedule as many pickups as I can. I would do the pickups myself. Um, 
like all day for 12 hours a day. And then I'd come home and scan through all the books and then prepare the shipments. But now I have a team that does all that back end and hopefully hiring someone to do the pickup soon so that I can free up my time um, and just always be growing the business. I heard a cool quote. It's like, you want to be working on your business, not in your business. And I, I really like that. Ooh. All right. This is like, yeah. I hope, I hope the uh, audience is football fans. Cause this is uh, this is like Pete Carroll looking at his team and going from just running to now you're letting Russ Wilson throw a little bit more. Now you're building in some read options, some reverses, you know, you're focusing on special teams. You're becoming a complete team. Right. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is like, I, I, I'd want to be less of a player coach and more of a coach. So like Pete Carroll never goes in and takes a handoff in the middle of a game because he's just like, we got to hustle and win. And that's kind of what I'm doing where I should be looking for better players to fill the squad, to fill the squad so that I can just coach and manage. And with my boy Schneider, um, <laughs> and you know what I'm trying to say? And, and I think the more you work on your business as an entrepreneur, the better it is. Um, and the more, the more influence you can have, but you also need to set an example. And so that's why I need to bring on some more employees. Yeah. You're creating the culture and then you can, yeah. once you get your employees in there handling like the sub branches of, you know, books, and then we'll just throw in just fuck out the top of my head lamps. You're going to start flipping lamps that people would usually be throwing. Out. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. You say that. Cause I've sold multiple lamps on Facebook marketplace. No way. Dude. I, uh, I did a, um, I did a book pickup from this lady and she just had a ton of extra stuff that needed to go. Cause I think her husband passed away and she was moving and she had these like old vintage lamps with like painted art around the edges. And I bought them off her for 10 bucks and I sold each of them for $250. They're like nice carved wooden lamps with like super sick shades. You're kidding. Yeah, bro. There's money in t all this stuff. That's, that's so bizarre. You're going to like stimulate the economy with recycled objects. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's already happening. The, the, the wave, the wave is underway. Like these, these businesses like eBay, Mercari, Poshmark, it's become, it's going to become more popular for people to sell their items. And I mean, that'll hurt companies like that actually produce real items is if it becomes fashionable to buy or like reused items, it's going to really, it could hurt the economy because people won't be buying new retail. Um, that for sure will hurt like big manufacturers, right? Like, yeah, it has to. I mean, yeah. And, and like all these big companies, they rely on the fact that people buy $40 shirts that cost $7 to produce and that fuels jobs. And if, it, and I do think it's a possibility that, with like a sustainability movement where people are just going to buy things that already exist because there's way too much, there's already enough shit for us to use until the end of time. <laughs> Maybe not, but like, like we waste a lot of stuff and that's kind of my whole goal with the junk pickup business is not think of it like a junk pickup business, but like a circulation business. And that's kind of what I want to center the business around. It's like, we're going to be a company that specializes in keeping as many things in circulation as possible. Dude, you, you, you hammered the buzzword of sustainability because I feel like that's like the next big trend. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, and it's not sustainable. Like the way, we, so the way we're set up economically where we just pull resources out of the earth 
produce shit and then throw it away is not sustainable. Um, I don't know the exact numbers on how long it can last, but um, I don't know. Look up circular economy and do some research on that. Um, or like it's called like a closed loop uh, economy where like everything is leased. And when you're done with any item, you return it to the company and they break it down for materials and make new shit out of it. And I think that that's my new biggest passion for sure. So let let me, let me run this by you too, because sustainability, I'm looking at circular economy right now, economic system aimed at eliminating waste and the continual use of resources. Like you're saying, yeah. And obviously there's a big focus lately, especially in an election year on sustainability, uh, the effects it has on global warming, whether you believe in it or not. But I feel like you specifically are in an amazing place in the country to focus on that because mm-hmm. Seattle is very left, uh, yeah. not conservative at all. And I feel like you could really trigger emotional responses if you highlight the sustainability aspect of it and you're yeah. like, you're in a godsend of a place for that. Yeah. Um, I want to say two things. One, I do believe in global warming. Um, just want to put that out there. Obviously I think it's, don't want to get into that argument. Just want to throw that out there for the list. Quick PR statement for yeah. two. Um, yeah. I never want to get to a point where I'm like leveraging the political landscape for business purposes. Like I genuinely care about, the environment. Um, and I think I can, I've been able to get through to some conservatives on it too. Like this model is not just for the environment. Like economically, it doesn't make sense either. Like all of the prices are being driven down because we're, we're, we're basically the goal is to just extract as many materials for as cheap as possible. But that price can't go down indefinitely as there's more and more competitors. So like, I don't know. I can send you a cool podcast link, but it's not sustainable economically either. It's not just an environmental issue, even though it is that as well. Um, But um, yeah, um, I genuinely do care about the environment. And I think an economy where we are keeping all of our resources alive is a economically friendly, but B it's cool. It's really addictive to start buying used items. Like I never did it before I started this business. And now I don't buy anything retail because it's kind of cool. It's a cool feeling to have something that someone else had for X amount of years. Like all the shit in my room, all the paintings I've gotten, they're all free, but they, but there's like a history behind them. And I think it's, it's really cool. I don't know. Um, and especially like furniture and all that stuff. You, like there's so much of that stuff can be recirculated. So much like bed frames, old couches go straight to the dump and I want to start a company that keeps them in circulation. No, that's really cool. And there is, no, you're right. There is something cool about like keeping the legacy of something going. Like it's a used product. It's been through this. It's like a, it's like a cat. It has nine lives. You get a cat on like its fifth life, ninth life, who knows, but right. You're keeping the life cycle going. Totally. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but that's just my starting point. And I think it, it's really important to me to actually like, I don't like to talk about what I think about global warming and like, cause I do think a lot of people do virtue signal all the time. And I think more people should just be like, I want to do something. I'm going to, this is how I can directly affect the world. It's like every time I do business, I'm keeping X amount in circulation or anytime I pick up books, 
those books are literally not going to the dump and are going to go to someone else instead or be recycled. Like, and that actually makes a real difference, whether it's easily noticeable. It's not as noticeable as a tweet about global warming. Like more people need to have that mindset, in my opinion. Have you, given what we're talking about, have you thought about having some sort of kickback program where uh, every purchase, an X amount of that goes to some sort of like charity or something? Yeah, we do. We do that. Um, every, every book that I pick up from households. So like through my household, like when I pick up directly from households, which is about 15% of my business, every time we pick up a book from them and we sell it on Amazon, um, we donate a dollar to charity water. Um, and that's like, that's like my, I think that's one of the most efficient charities in the world. Like every $40 you raise, um, a person gets clean drinking water for a year. And so I think we're going to be up to like $2,000 or 2,100, um, since I started that about four months ago or five months ago. Um, so that'll be cool. No, so I'm looking up charity water right now. Yeah. Look it up. It's so cool. it's a nonprofit founded in 2006, 14 short years. It's ra raised $370 million. Yeah. And, and they have separate um, funders who fund like the people's salaries. Um, and then all money donated from like the common person goes straight, like directly to um, these countries where there's just the water is like drinking mud. It's, it's really bad um, in some of these developing nations. So little did you know when you quit your job to start this, I mean, you're potentially in a spot where you could turn into like a giant, it's not, you wouldn't turn into a nonprofit, but you're basically fueling these good deeds and charities that can potentially preserve the earth, help with global warming and have a bigger cause really. Like you had no idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I see, I was thinking about that earlier too. Like, I was like, wait a minute, like I could totally change the way I think about my business to be in terms of global impact. And I, I think it's a really good way to look at a business and it's really, it's a lot more fulfilling. Um, you just can't, you just can't get a lot of investors because investors don't give a fuck about the environment. And that's why so many companies can't take that stance is because they have so many large investors who just want ROI and they don't actually care about the environment. Um, but I definitely have thought about that. And um, I think people need to change the way they look at nonprofits and business. I think when a business is profitable, they can build more steam. So a business that takes 80% of the profits and, and does charitable stuff with 20% might be more impactful than a business that donates all of it. Because um, there's business is such a cool way to actually like build giant things. And if you build a giant company that only donates 20% of something and compared to a nonprofit, that's a lot smaller, even though that they donate all of it, that big company might actually do more for the environment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And it's got me thinking like this literally started as a book flipping thing. And like, it's as easy as, retail arbitrage like we touched on last time right mm -hmm. like exploiting a, a price difference making a profit but literally yeah. anything that you create can turn into something large scale like this is right, right. now We're, i'm currently witnessing this turn into something bigger with a bigger meaning which is freaking cool yeah and like i and then i always people always just like 
thank you for starting this. Like, cause I do donate to charity water and I do, I, I do. And I like that. I love that. That's part of the business now, but like at no point when I started this was I just like, I'm going to flip books and then donate a portion to charity water. It's just like, you figure it out on the way along the way and people, um, yeah, I don't know. And it's a lot, just try and do one thing. And if it works, do it as many times as you can until you've done it as many times as you possibly can do it and then start doing more things. <laughs> and once you get one thing down, it's a lot easier. Like Amazon started in a garage and they were selling books and then they started selling any book and they become the world's best bookstore and they had tons of customers. And then they asked their customers, Jeff Bezos sent them an email, like what else should we sell? And then they responded and then he started selling those things and then slowly adding another thing. And now they sell literally everything. So you could become the sustainable version of Amazon, literally. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> In theory, yeah. Um, I need a lot of cool people. And, um, and I should probably be a little bit more quiet about it and not you know, just sharing all my ideas on a podcast. But hey, um, uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I don't like to, th that's a lot of pressure to like think about, but it's, it's in my, I've thought about it before. Well, you like, saw so Josh Parks, again, he was going to join us. He had, he ran into like kind of a come to Jesus moment, if you want to call it that for all the non-religious people out there where he got to the threshold where he's realizing, damn, this like is not a game anymore. Like I can, I have expenses. This is a real business businesses can go on to change the world like i gotta have all these steps that i go through from now on be calculated and whatnot um how how do you like kind of calm your nerves throughout this like or do you get anxiety thinking about the possibilities of you know evolving a business like this yes and no um like i said last time like i do get anxious and stressed from thinking about my profit loss statements um how much money am I making? Sometimes we have months where we don't bring in as much as we want. Um, employee expenses can go up and that can be stressful. However, my stress has never exceeded the anxiety I was having at my normal job. So like I always, that's how that always calms me down and puts me in perspective. Like why, why is that? Why is that? Because you're, we, you actually are responsible for so much less, but you like, yeah. Why? Well, I, I think, I think some people, I just think it's a personality thing. And I think a lot of people are more people are like that than they think where like, um, I don't know, like people who go out on the weekends and this is just me. I don't know if this is true, but this is something that I have a feeling is true is a lot of people have a job that tires them out because they're doing things that are insignificant or boring and that tires them out. So by the time the weekend comes, they drink and they think, oh, my job is so stressful. And I just, I hate working that much when really the problem is that they're working and it's something that they don't like to do. Um, and I don't know, I figured that out. I think I was watching some video on YouTube and I heard that perspective. Maybe it was Gary V, honestly, um, who was talking about that and how like everyone has different balance. And for me, like working in a, in a setting like a normal job just really really stressed me out i can't explain it so here's something here's some here's some food for thought so the nine to five schedule obviously it's monday through friday normally 40 hours yeah. yep and uh sometimes it can feel like uh, you're working for the weekend right and then 
you build up so much stress over the, over the week, you're anxious for the weekend. So all the stress builds up and then you get to the weekend and you start doing, you know, fun things, drinking right now, bars, hundred percent. But like, I feel like then you set yourself back for Monday to do it yep. all again. And maybe it's just like an unnatural, unhealthy cycle where right. you are like destroying yourself over time on the weekends when it's disguised as like your free time. Right. Um, when you do what you do, like you're always having fun. It's not a cycle. Everything's new. It's well, not- no, I'm not always having fun. You are. Um, you are. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good, good, point. good point. Really good point. Um, no, um, no, I see where you're going with this. Um, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think like, yeah, like what you were saying about free time. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're taught that as kids growing up that like we need to get our homework done. Like when we're in like third grade, we need to get our homework done so we can play. We need to get our work done so we can play. And we don't talk enough about combining them and how to make work fun so that it, your life just becomes one playground where you happen to be doing productive things. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, definitely. Yeah. And like, I was right there. Like that was me in college. Like I was so bored in class that by the time I got to the weekend, I'd get shit faced and do stupid things. Um, and then you're tired by the time Monday comes. And then when I did my, my nine to five job out of college, that's what I was doing. Like I just literally like setting up your, it's the best, that's the best way to just set yourself up to be doing that for the next 10 years is to go your nine to five. And when you're done with your nine to five on Friday, just drink and or or party or do whatever your friends are doing and then come back monday like i feel like that's a really good way to just never grow like you might get promoted once or even twice but um i don't know so so obviously so i do that i do the corporate thing obviously i have some stuff on the side like this and i i think there's elements of both that i enjoy i wish there was a way to like combine the pros, right? And learn from both sides of it. How would you recommend for anybody listening that's that does the nine to five thing, how would you kind of infuse your schedule into that? How would you combine the pros of both to eliminate that like hangover in the beginning of the week, like mentally and physically and literally? Yeah. Um, how would you stay having fun the whole time? How would you stay engaged and then eliminate the working for the week? Like in, and you have to stay in your corporate job. Yeah. Like yeah. how okay. would you bring it? How would you bring the entrepreneurial? Um, entrepreneurial? Uh, yeah. So I think, first of all, I do want to give you credit. I think what this podcast is awesome. And I think just the fact that I think you're going to, the next opportunity you get your big opportunity, maybe of your lifetime will come in this space, not your corporate space. Just mark my words on that. Um, uh, cause I think it's cool and I think it's the future. And I think, I don't know, I, I really, I'm really optimistic. And I think the fact that you have an audience in a podcast is really cool. Um, to go back to your original question. Um, I honestly have no idea. And some people like love structure. Like there's some people who like their whole childhoods were chaotic. Both of their parents were entrepreneurs. Like my best friend from college is like that and like he never got to see his family because all they did was work and all he wants to do is just have a structured job and that's how his brain works like he likes structure he likes solving problems he doesn't need all the credit he doesn't need 
to be doing creative things. He just wants to get his job done and have a good work-life balance. And that's and let, me, let, me, let me chime in quick because some people are straight up built for that structure and some people right. like you are built to go out and adventure. Like it's just, right. it, it's inherent in some people. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, my only thing is um, that nine to five is just the default path. And I think we need to make it less of a default path. Like there should be more choice in going to college or, or taking a nine to five job where now I feel like that's the default thing that you do. And then anytime you start a business, it's kind of like a deviation from the path or like you're taking massive risk. Um, when I think more people should come out of college or come out of high school with the idea like, okay, I'm free to make these choices. And that's like true free will is to like be able to like, or maybe not true free will, but like at least somewhat like, okay, I can do this. I could spend the next two years working at UPS while doing this on the side and then have this much saved up and then start my business. Or like, there's just so many different avenues that one can take now, especially with technology that we ignore and we just put too much emphasis on the nine to five. But if you genuinely want to choose the nine to five, do it and you'll probably like it. I've met a lot of happy people at nine to fives. So I hope I 100% that agree, 100% agree with this. Okay. And the college thing, it's, it's funny because colleges, basically the end goal is to graduate and get into the corporate world. Is there a way in the future that you could kind of take the emphasis off of the end goal being the corporate job and opening it up, like teaching more entrepreneurship skills or habits? Is there a way, can we change that do you think? Or is it too late? Um, I think it's a culture thing rather than like a college thing. Um, and if I could go back, okay. If I could go back in, I majored in finance and marketing in, um, college. If I could go back, I wouldn't have majored in those. I would have done engineering or something in science that, cause like oftentimes or like, um, or like, uh, computer science. Um, I think those people have an upper hand in starting entrepreneurial things because they actually have a skill. Um, I wish I learned that going into college. Is like if you go into business school, it's setting you up to be the least likely person to be an entrepreneur. And I truly believe that. Like people think that to be an entrepreneur, you need to know finance sheets and you need to know account. Like you can learn that stuff in two hours on YouTube. Like you need an important skill or a niche or something like that. And I think like all the Silicon Valley nerds, like the people who are making money in entrepreneurship, like real scale entrepreneurship are the people who have specific engineering skills. Um, and I think that would be a good way to start is, is just to make people understand that business school is teaching you how to work in a business, not be good at business. So right now I'm looking, I'm trying to find some sort of stat. Um, revolving around like the number of startups now compared to like back in the day. Cause obviously this is a revolution. Like you said, like people are mm -hmm. starting to venture off the beaten path. Right. Um, I can't find anything. I'm not that fast of a typer. Yeah. But I would assume that it, this is a bona fide revolution where there's more people venturing out doing their own thing. I mean, technology alone is allowed for more room with growth with startups. Right. I mean, it's gotta be true. Yeah. Um, there's more startups for sure. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this topic, but I, I mean, I think there's a lot more, 
bullshit companies now, like where they just kind of do the same thing that another company does. And it's not that interesting. And the difference between the companies are only marketing things. Um, but I do think that we're in this weird era where we, you can more or less just take a risk and do whatever you want and start a show. And it, it like, everyone gets mad at like, like, did you watch Social Dilemma? So it's funny because Nick and Jake, the other two on this podcast, literally just recorded a Social Dilemma recap piece. Okay. Uh, and I, I actually have not listened to it yet. I have to. What, I'm part uh, of have, you, have you seen the show? But no, I have not. And I need to watch it. So but, okay. yeah, what are you thinking about this? Um, I was just thinking uh, it, it doesn't tell us the flip side of the coin. Like, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff is true about the exploitation. Basically, the premise of the video is like social networks think of us as just a node in the network and their only goal is to addict, to keep us on the platforms long enough so that they can make gather data on us so they can make better predictions about what we do. And it's a very cynical look on social media. And I agree with a lot of it. I think Tristan Harris, the guy who runs it, super interesting guy. I listen to a lot of his podcasts about it. Anyway, I think that there's a more positive light to it in the fact that we live in an unprecedented era where like you can literally just start your business just from social media. And so like if the market wants to be entertained right now, all you have to do is entertain them and then you can have a business around that. And I think you can too with this podcast. And I think right now we're, it's the, I forget his name. It's, I listened to it. A guy who used to be on NPR, he has a podcast called The Passion Economy. And I think we talked about this last time about how like just the possibilities are endless and there's still people operating in like the, the 20th century's operating system and not fully realizing what the possibilities are. So you're going to get me fired up because obviously I like to take the glass half full approach to life in general, right? But right. when we're zeroing in on social media, yes, there is a million negatives to it. I think it's designed, whether they intended for it or not, to kind of keep you in your bubble, um, to give you information that's almost useless. It doesn't actually help you, honestly. Like mm -hmm. I've recently stopped going on social media in the mornings. And my mood, my productivity, my efficiency, everything is just better without it. Yeah. But if you look at the positives of social media, especially from a business standpoint, yes, you can literally start something on social media. It can be strictly marketing on social media. You can sell the product on social media. I mean, you see all these influencers making money strictly off social media. It's really a new industry and a new channel for shit like that. But mm -hmm. I think it takes the mentality to look at it in a different sense to actually understand yeah. that. Am I making sense right now? No. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm at a weird phase where like I do, I am anti these major platforms. Like the issue isn't just social media. It's like the way these social media companies are competing for us. And if you watch the social dilemma, they do a really good job explaining the dynamics and the difference in incentives from the end user versus the, the, the company where they have these massive supercomputers basically aiming right at the smartphone. Like if you, you think about it metaphorically, like it's just, they're just putting all of this computing power into this phone to try and addict you so that it can predict your, your reactions. And, that, and to be able to predict 
your actions is very valuable to businesses. And then the business greed for these advertisements drives that addiction and drives that business model. So it's hard for me as a business owner to be cognizant of this happening and also agreeing with it, but also wanting to grow my business. And the only way to grow my business is to do that, is to use the ads that drive the system. So it's a really weird, um, it's a really weird uh, idea to play with in my head. It's like um, I'm playing devil's advocate with myself. So thinking about this from your shoes here, Riley. Yeah. We just touched on the sustainability aspect of your business right now and in the future as it grows. If you took advantage of the social media crowd, I mean, stats show it's all people under, well, say 40. We'll say 40. Um, so it's like a target market for people that probably statistically care about sustainability and the coolness factor of like, you know, rebuying things that have, you know, been refurbished or recycled. Yeah. I feel like you could hit it big if you use social, if you use social media more, cause I mean, you got your target market already on there. Right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, no, I know. And, and no, no, and I'm not saying I'm not going to use social media. I'm just saying that's a weird, it's a weird um, contradiction to have in my brain. It's like, like it, because social media is so prevalent for businesses. So even if you are a business who thinks social media can be bad, you still have to use it. Um, um, but I do agree though that, yeah, with like, I could definitely include the sustainability aspect in my business and I will. Um, I was just thinking it's just an interesting idea, but I'm still going to do it and it's going to be fun. And I think that there's going to be a lot of, on the good side of the coin, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to reaching out to people like, Hey, like I'm going to be doing a clothes giveaway for people. Like if you need clothes, if you're running low on clothes, if you, if you can't afford stuff, I'll do free giveaway. Like, and I want to do that. And I legit want to give away a ton of stuff to people for free. And I think that would be really cool. And you can use social media to drive that. Like you can also use social media to drive very good things. Um, yeah. Well, I think your head's in the right place, dude. Cause like, as long as you are aware, like how the social dilemma, that documentary exposed it, as long as you're aware of the negatives of social media, you're in a better place to play the game and get the benefits out of it. I think because yeah. I mean, you're aware you, you're, you don't want, I mean, you can only be so aware. Obviously we don't know everything that's going on behind the curtain and mm -hmm. you know, the big, the big guys and gals are playing the game of social media to capture info, whatever. Yep. But if you are aware that that stuff is going on, I think that puts you in a better place to utilize social media. Cause it is a double edged sword. Like we're talking about. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I definitely agree with that. Um, it's important to know what you're doing. And I, I think, I think uh, like if my product is genuinely good, if, if I'm using social media to target specific people, but if I, if I truly believe in my product, then I don't think I'll have a negative conscience about it. Um, because and I do shouldn't. think it's, you, you shouldn't cause yeah. you have an ulterior motive of helping sustainability in the economy and the planet. Like you yeah. should not have a negative conscience about yeah. it. Yeah. Another investment is kind of paralleling this. I think the next wave of investments in social media that are going to be big are platforms that use cryptocurrency or use blockchain rather. Um, have you researched any of these like 
they're in the future, like potential platforms where every person will actually own their profile and there will be, they, they somehow figure out a way to use cryptocurrency within it and you can make money. And when you make, there's no actual Facebook, like you don't pay Facebook for ads. Um, you legit like pay directly pay other users and everyone actually owns as if it's an asset, their profile. And I think, I don't know how it works scientifically, but I think that could be the future of social media. If that works. Does that relate to China and how they have like an internet score for everybody? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Their social score. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think that necessarily relates um, but that's a whole different interesting topic and messed up system that in a way, like you could see it being created. There's ways that it could be created in the U S and I don't, I don't know if it's good. Like literally if your social score is below a certain amount, um, like you can't get onto certain trains or you can't use, um, certain airports, like that's kind of the system that it is. And like with social media, you can kind of see it like naturally being created. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's not my area of expertise. We're getting into the weeds here. I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> so yeah, this is what I love about having you on. Like we talk business, we talk your specific business in the, in the beginning and then yeah. just get off into these tangents that do relate to business but it, it's the interesting stuff well it's just like society it's i don't know i'm interested about it like i talk about my business all day and i think about my business so i guess i guess you're just a fun guy to talk to george i'm i've been told i have some therapeutic vibes <laughs> i just really i can really dig deep you know get into your yeah no and it's fun it's 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 fun to go through these hypotheticals um um yeah i don't know how you really just pulled that the social score in china tangent on me um i don't even think that was related to anything um we talk seahawks we talk china we talk china yeah we we, we should we talk about the trade deficit should we i don't know what else we want to get <laughs> no 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 i don't want to talk about that um yeah i don't know dude um but how can we tie this back together for like a clean ending well, yeah, the- I, was, I was just going to say, I want to keep it shorter because unfortunately social media and that stuff has kind of uh, eroded the average attention span. <laughs> but obviously you have some uh, decisions to make coming up. Yeah. You're expanding and it sounds like you kind of want to start integrating social media marketing into it. Kind of yeah. not. You want to well, I mean, be organic. No, no, I, I'm going to, and my business is reliant on Facebook ads right now. Like Facebook ads drive my business hundred percent, not hundred percent, but like I get more word of mouth leads than I do from Facebook ads. But that start all started from when I started running Facebook ads at the beginning of uh, quarantine. By the way, uh, quarantine. Yeah. One of the best things that's ever happened to like my mind. Cause I feel like, without the sports i've been noticing this lately i love sports and i will always love sports but without sports in the in the thick of quarantine i was like researching so many things learning a lot of new things uncovering like i don't mm-hmm. know if, you know the upper society keeps it from us on purpose this is conspiracy lane but no i you know what dude, i mean no no i know 100 percent know what you mean like like you know it doesn't even need to be sports it's like a- entertainment in general it's like 
let's say like it's escapism. I don't know if you've ever heard that term. Yes. And that's like, what social media pushes. It pushes yeah. escapism. Well, no, no. And, and so if you think about it, like social media plus, um, plus sports, plus movies, plus TV shows, like if we, if they can make that affordable for almost everyone to have access to, which they basically have, um, even if you have a miserable lifestyle, as long as you're always engulfed in one of those escapist activities, you'll never really rev like revolt. And so like, that's where the conspiracy theories come in where it's like that they designed this whole system so that everyone's just brainwashed and distracted from the fact that the wealth, the, the elite are getting all the wealth. Um, and I don't think it's that extreme, but like, I do think that there's something in like, I think that we had like a little wake up moment, like when all of these distractions stopped and we realized, oh shit, we're all in the real world. We're not all distracted by something. We're all going through coronavirus. Um, and I think if we ever want to lead a revolution, which I do think we will have to at some point, whether it's based on race or whatever it is, I think it should be a generational war. That's my personal thing. It's like, like if we ever want to lead a revolution, we're going to need to see through the entertainment for at least a period of time because it all distracts all of us at different times. You, you get what I'm saying? Dude, hundred percent. And I'm going to make a callback. I always make this callback. This is like my go-to episode that I suggest listening to, but this is, this is wild too. The, the first time you hear this, you're like, what did George just say? But we've had, we've had a psychic spiritual medium on before a couple times. Her name's Allie Maurer, super smart, super intellectual. And her big thing with coronavirus was that during this whole era, however long it lasts, this was going to spur like a human awakening, like we're talking about right now. Yeah. And it, it's going to change the way we interact, changes the way we behave, just changes the world, a long story short. And I think right. we're touching on the tip of the iceberg here with, you know, escapism and entertainment and all these things that are really distractions at the core of them. But I, I just think it's interesting to think about where it could lead. And right. It's just a fucking fascinating conversation. Excuse my French. I, I learned right. French over quarantine as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting too. And, and like, there's other non-spiritual ways to look at this whole movement. It's like, we've kind of just in the last 40 years just dwindled on and it's just kind of society hasn't really changed very much besides the internet. Um, and like, I, I think this is like the first thing besides like 9-11 and Trump being elected where like, shit gets real and we're, we're we're trying to figure out what we what we need to do and i think the answer is give me your books <laughs> that's it that's the ending yeah. right there that's the tie yeah. back and yeah. jesus you're coming back on because i like i said we got to keep it short <laughs> next time let's just hit the ground running with this stuff and let's maybe even skip the business in the front because you're a boring conversationalist me yes i am yes without a doubt you hear I'm, what we just talked about yeah dude it's good i always have a good time let's uh yeah dude i'm down to come on whenever i always feel like i'm scattered during these like that way we i just was talking like said random shit the whole time but no, it's it's good it's good to have okay. a, uh, right. you know, a scatterbrain sometimes because you just jump around and hit so many different things and like i said i feel like the average attention span like if i was to tell somebody to listen to this pod we talk about a and b the entire time they would just turn it off right away because it doesn't cover enough See, yeah. See, that's a different argument though. It's like, why does Joe Rogan's three hour episodes get millions of views? True. Very it's, 
yeah, no, I don't know. That's another argument we can have on a future podcast. We can even talk Joe Rogan because I think he kind of sold out with Spotify and they're starting to censor him. And I don't know. I'm uh, I love I, Rogan, but I love Joe Rogan. I don't think he's sold out. I mean, he got paid and he he's leading. We can argue this on the next podcast. This okay, is, no, we'll talk strictly. This, this is a thirty-minute conversation, um, but dude, I'm hyped. Let's. I'm down to talk whenever, and hit me up even if you're not recording. Well, what the hell? You were. Uh, I think you and Alec were snapping the other day, and you you sent a shuttle subtle shot at me. You were like, "Yeah, Georgia's soft." I was like, "Shit, do I need to? Do I need <laughs> to get on the pod with like, Riley and say yeah. like, God, I'm not soft. Come on.'" Yeah, I forgot I did say that. <laughs> I might have been. Um, you know, drinking, getting ready to be hungover on the Monday during the nine to five. Yeah, you were you were setting yourself back. That's what you were doing. Yeah, I was, we were that's what I was doing. Monday. I was setting myself back. <laughs> but all right, Riley. Well, you all know right. what? I'm gonna hit stop recording. We're gonna get this out to the world. And this was a good one. This is one of my most enjoyable conversations I've had. And you I'm said sure that we'll last time. It's I know, to, I know. I'm a sales guy. Feel, that's what I do in the corporate. I feel world. like you say that to all your guests. I don't know. I might have to go in and listen to the last two minutes of all of your guests, and we'll oh, see. God. I'm going to get exposed. I sold out. I sold out. <laughs> you sold out. What are you, joining Spotify? Pretty soon? I'm joining Spotify. The seat, the <laughs> out of the bag. All right, bro. But all right, man. This was a treat. And as always, reach out to Riley. That's one of the benefits of our pods. We connected with the guys and the gals straight to them. So if you want to talk Joe Rogan with Riley, you don't need to wait for the next episode. Reach out to the man. Mm-hmm. But, yep. All right, Riley. Have a good one. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir.